I'm Audra. And I'm Sadie. And we are former English Lit majors and sisters who miss reading and discussing literature with fellow Lit nerds. And we created this podcast to discuss literature fueled by libations. So pick your poison and join us each week to discuss all the queries and views unearthed in great books. And support your local bookstore. Welcome, everybody, to Lit and Libations. Hi, Sadie. Hi, Audra. Uh, really excited for this episode and the next episode. I loved this book. So we're discussing Little Rabbit. Um, oh, and I was looking up, and then we got distracted earlier, how to pronounce her last name. Um, but it's I think it's Alyssa Songersai. Songersi. Um, I'll look it up, because I really want to know. I would have said Songsiradej. Or days. Oh, that sounds so much better. Yeah, that's how it, that, you're responsible for saying okay. it. Okay, so that's who it's by. <laughs> really good. So we'll be discussing kind of the whole book. We're not, so if you haven't read it, there'll be spoilers. Uh, so yeah. just go read it. It's a great read. It's really quick. Like I, I really, it, it's on Audible. So like just go somehow be aware of the book. Yeah, and I would, I would say also like, um, this book, I think the the narrative, like the plot, plot is important, but I will just say, like, there's no like big massive yes plot spoiler yeah. alert like situation yeah, happening not, here. So yeah, it's it's not that kind of a novel. Yeah, so I think like even if you haven't read it and you don't want spoilers, I think yeah, thematically, like you could read like the first like five chapters and you'd probably get the themes out of it anyway too. Yeah. Um, but so that's what we'll be doing for the next two episodes. And then, Sadie, do you want to uh, – yeah, let's do that first. Do you want to tell everyone what our next book is? Yes. Um, our next book is going to be Ancestor Trouble, A Reckoning and a Reconciliation by Maude Newton. So this is going to be the first uh, memoir that we have ever read on the podcast, and I'm really, really excited. So this one um, is about – the writer, who goes searching for the truth about her wildly unconventional Southern family and finds that our obsession with ancestors opens up new ways of seeing ourselves. Um, so it's all about her kind of doing a deep dive and talking about these different um, people in her family history and their kinds of stories and then the way that she kind of has to reckon with that history. And some of it is good and some of it um, is terrible. It's terrible. Um as you can expect from a Southern mm-hmm. family history, um, some of it's very bad. So it's I'm really excited to read it. I haven't picked it up yet, um, but I'm excited to read a memoir. And this, you know, should be great for yeah. all of you nonfiction lovers out there. I know there are quite a few of you. So I'm yeah, excited. and I love nonfiction. I've really gotten into it as probably more my mid twenties is when I really started to enjoy yeah. it, but. Uh, I picked it up today and uh, at King's English Bookshop in Salt Lake, uh, <laughs> and I already started to read a little bit of it, and I'm really, it, it's really engaging right off the bat. I'm really excited about it. I think it'll be fun to talk about. Nice. Um, okay, and then we can announce our giveaway winner, Sadie. <laughs> drum roll. <laughs> I'll see if we can put in a drum roll. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, so why don't you announce that? So our winner is going to be Charbar Cigar or Charlene. So thank you, nice. Charlene, for participating. We can't wait. We will reach out to you if we have not already. 
um, by the time you're listening to this, we'll reach out to you for <laughs> some um, some information on what kind of book recs you're looking for. If there are any hard passes or if you're looking for like a specific genre or something. I, I can't wait to think of a book for you. Um, but, and this has been so fun. We, we got such a great response from this giveaway. We just appreciate everybody's support. And I just... I love doing this. It's just fun. I like, it's just fun. It's, yeah, I, it's fun. it was fun. So congratulations, Shylin. Um, we'll definitely do more of these in the future. Yes. Um, okay, what What are you drinking? What's your libation? My libation for this evening is um, kind oh, of. Oh, I, <laughs> I love the accent. What thanks, is it? thanks. Um, <laughs> um, it's kind of, I'm going to call it a sort of sangria. Um, <laughs> because it's not like... It, I definitely notice lots of fruit, yeah. like, in your drink. So it's watermelon and blueberry and strawberries kind of just cut up and with white, uh, rosé poured over it. And then I did, like, a splash of elderflower liqueur mm-hmm. and then had it over ice. And it's delicious. It's they're that good. And my favorite part is just when you get the, to the end and, like, you've had all this delicious wine and then you bite into one of the the watermelons, you know, that's been at the so bottom. Good. It's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. So good. It's been feeling um, like summer, so that this sounds is delicious. the drink I needed. Yeah, that's a great summer drink. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What are you having? Uh, so I made a dirty Shirley Temple. Nice. Uh, so it's a Shirley Temple with vodka. So I just did vodka, grenadine, and then I actually got instead of Sprite or ginger ale, I did this lime uzu, like oh, yes. sparkling thing. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't put a maraschino cherry in. I put like an actual cherry in it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> really like regular maraschino cherries that much. Um, I don't either. But it's really good. Nice. So I'm digging it, and it's you know a pretty pink color. It looks cute. Color. Yeah, we kind of have matching drinks. We in do. That's funny. That we were—they're very similar in color palette. We're in the same, like, on the same planet. There, I think so. I think so. I think it must be all this good weather. I don't know. Have you guys been having good weather? Is it pretty much summer out there, or? Mm, no, we're still in kind of spring, which is nice because we normally don't get much of a spring. It's like really quick, but it's supposed to be like ninety this Thursday. So yeah, I think spring's almost over, but it's been really nice out. Like I'm really enjoying it. It's yeah. like just warm enough. But, you know, you can still throw a little sweater on in the morning or at night, and that's nice. I like that kind of weather. Yeah. It was um, in the 90s up here um, this hot. weekend. It was really hot. It was really, really hot. You know what's weird, too, is that it stays warm through the night. Not uh, not 90-degree weather warm, but you know how Utah, like, will get down to, like, 30s or 40s at night, even in the summer mm, sometimes? Yeah, but you— I think it's less so down in the valley. That's true. I think you that's more mount, mountain dwellers. That's more of a yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's more of like a high winter kind of thing to deal with or a desert. Yeah. Thing to I deal mean, with. I know what you're what you're saying, but like, yeah, I think it's that's kind of not just a. It's like a Utah. It's like mountainish weather. Yeah. Higher elevation, but well, here it stays warm <laughs> all right. night, and but it was really fun. We went camping and. Um, this is the first time we've taken the truck camping, and it's like a trucky truck. The truck? Yeah, Brian bought a truck when we oh, when we bought the house. He bought this like 2006 Toyota Tacoma or something. It's like 
nice. a stick shift. It's I call it a trucky truck. Oh, nice. Because it smells yeah, could, yeah. like a truck. It's like the truckiest of trucks. Like yes. it is quintessentially a truck. Yes. It's a truck. It's meant yeah. to get dirty. It's meant to smell like a yeah. truck, you know? Yeah. Um, it has a cassette player. You know, nice. like, like it's just yeah. the truckiest truck. Does he have anything hanging from the rearview mirror? No, not yet. He needs something from, I mean, that's part of a truck. He needs uh, something from the rearview mirror. The only thing we have is um, we got, like, when we went to Scotland a few years ago, we got this little Highland Coo figurine. That says That's Scotland, perfect. and we put like a sticker on it, and it stuck it to the dashboard. That's perfect. It's cute, right? I think it's cute. That's yeah. It just needs some sort of adornment. So then you're good. Like it just like you can't overdo it. It's just got to have one adornment, and normally it's like from a rear view mirror. But I feel like that's perfect. I love it. Ten out of ten for me. It, it's like it was so fun. But anyway, we so we were we brought our tent, but then we were like, you know what? We brought our truck, and we're truckers, and we're going to sleep in the back of the truck. And we did, and it was awesome. We, like, made this, like, weird situation with the tarp to, like, be over us to shield us from the sun. Mm -hmm. And it worked really well, and it was nice because we still got, like, a nice breeze in the night. And it just was And you're up off the ground, which is always nice. It was very pleasant. I... Had the best time. I love camping. It was great. That's that's lovely. I that sounds beautiful. I would not have as much fun. I'm, <laughs> I'm quite prissy about it. <laughs> like, and I'm just leaning into it. The older I get, I'm like, yep. Like, I mean, I I will, I can, I have, but if I have a choice, I kind of <laughs> just will say no at this point. Like, <laughs> fair enough. That fair can be enough. I mean, I. Yeah, it's just not my it's just not my jam. But so it's fine. Kendrick can go with the boys and oh they can gosh. have a nice rustic time. <laughs> like <laughs> and I'll stay at home with my AC and my bathtub and a flushing toilet and you know uh-huh. I, I'll 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 suffer through that part. So I anyway. <laughs> think we all have things we like and things we dislike, and that is totally okay if it's not your thing. Yeah, for sure. The thing is, the thing is, is Audra, uh, is that you are hardcore in so many other ways that, like, you don't need to oh, be yeah. a I mean, hardcore it's not, camper. Well, well, and that's the thing. And, like, it's not, it's not like the dirt. It, I mean, I live at a barn. Right. I shovel shit. Right. Like, I am dirty a lot <laughs> right. and sweaty and, like, <laughs> deal with things that are not pleasant and, but like, bugs and the heat and the cold like I've dealt with the elements and do <laughs> willingly and probably more so than some people would most either. people so like that's where it goes and it's not gonna so there's nothing left <laughs> like, yeah I use it all up it's like my risk taking yes. like I am not much of a risk taker I don't even like roller coasters but I have no problem climbing on you know this huge animal and like jumping over things right like not scared at all <laughs> but I use so it's all used up. Like yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. This really wasn't supposed to be like a deep dive into my psyche. Um, 
It's okay. I think it was a shallow that's dive. That's it, it right? Was, it was just a, oh, it, was just, okay. it was a little wave. Stay that, in the not, shallow end of the pool. Okay. Not good. that you are shallow. I'm just saying that it was a, a small wave. Oh, no, no, no. It I was just, it. Yeah. it was just the surface. Okay. Good. Well, that's less embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So we know what our next book is going to be. Yes. We're in the same planet with our drinks and Sharbar Cigar has won our giveaway, which is awesome. So we'll make sure to get in touch with you. Um, okay, so Little Rabbit. I Little Rabbit. Totally am obsessed with this book. I was telling Sadie before we started recording, like, so obsessed with this book, and I'm not quite sure. I just thought it was so well written. I love how she has written their relationship. I love how it kind of got turned on its head, like, just the parameters of their relationship. So basically, if, if you didn't read the novel, mm-hmm. um, so our narrator, who we don't learn her name till the very end, Um, she's a writer in her thirties, um, living in Boston with her roommate. Um, and they're both, uh, queer and she has gone to a retreat, like an artist's retreat in Maine and meets a male, like modern dance choreographer who, again, we don't know his name until the very end. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's in his fifties established in his career, like isn't used to be a dancer now he's a choreographer has a nice apartment in new york Mm -hmm. (laughs) has a nice house in the berkshires like he's more established and well off and dominant and she doesn't like him at first because he talks too much Mm -hmm. at the dinner table which i thought was funny and but he invites her to a performance that occurs after the retreat's over and they're back to their real lives and so she goes and is just entranced with the the dance and what she sees and the choreography and they end up meeting up and they eventually kind of enter into this. Well, they start with a sexual relationship and then their relationship progresses. And I just like how she really turned on its head, like on the surface, especially I think with how we view relationships now that can only end badly. Mm. Like there's so many, there's so many things around them that almost like set it up for, you can tell this isn't going to end well. He's older. He's so much more well off, uh, her friends and family don't really support like the power. There's all these there's things against them. There's a power imbalance as well, you know, from power the imbalance. Then they, and then they also, their sexual relationship turns in or they add to it, like an element of kind of, I guess I would say BDSM. There's a like submissive and dominant role yeah. that they take with each other sexually. Um, and, but the, it doesn't go bad, but yet, it, I mean, it goes very well and they have a good, strong relationship and it ends with them moving forward even more in their relationship and living together. And mm-hmm. you can tell by how the book ends that it ends with them having been continued to be together. She then talks about how these kind of future things were like, you know, he, she dedicates her book that hasn't been written yet in the timeline, but like, it's like, she's, that's what will happen. She dedicates her book to him. Um, what does it say that he does to her? Well, he. Um, I guess it doesn't say. Well, he 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 makes a dance for her. Yeah, he like, he like dedicates a a yeah like a show basically for her. Yeah, and it's like it's a it's her like it's his way. I mean, it's that's how he's expressing it, and then hers is you know inscribing. Um, she said, "I would inscribe each book for Joshua, who gave me everything." Um, like it's a very beautiful, like lovely ending. I thought, and. But she does it in such a way, to me, I feel like her writing was just so, it wasn't too titillating. 
like it was just really all emotional and like mm. really true to the characters' emotions. Like even the sex scenes, I thought were just really well written. Yeah, like, I think they're sexy, but it's in a very like it's really mm. focused on her and her emotional response. Yeah, more so. Yeah. Well, it's I think so. Like, well, I think we talked about. Um, a lot kind of in the lead up to this book is that this is a sexy novel and it's an, it is in yeah. a lot of ways an erotic novel. But I think what's interesting about the sex scenes here is that like, A, they don't go on for pages and so I don't find them to be exploitative in any way. Like, they felt um, important. And also I think this book is like exploring a lot when it comes to like power dynamics and um, mm-hmm. relationships kind of in general. And so I, th- I think, like, studying the sexual aspect of their relationship is, like, a, a, an interesting way to get a look at their relationship, period. You know? Like, it's yeah, just because I, I think it is important. Uh-huh. It's important in romantic relationships. I, exactly. That's what I think. Like, it is. And it is not. They are not gratuitous. It's not salacious. It's just, like, very real. And I think it's, like, a really emotionally real, like, novel. Like, it just really... Yeah. like even her whole it's I just love her journey of like is it okay for me to like what I like basically like and is it okay for like who am I and I mean she goes through such changes I love the relationship with her and her roommate I thought that was just as interesting of a relationship to read about yeah Um, so and kind of and that one doesn't end well they end they they break up basically. Yeah, like so their relationship. Her ends. friend um, Alice, I think, is was her name. Um, yeah, it's her roommate, and they've been friends since forever. Really, she has like two main close uh, close gr- girlfriends, and it's um, sorry, real quick. Annie is her name. Annie. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Annie's Annie. the roommate. Annie. Um. So it's Annie, and then they have another friend, Esme, who lives um like a little bit farther from them like she's not in Boston or something and they all went to school together like they they did graduate school together yeah and I think they've known each other even longer than that than I like I think that they even knew each other before college I think so too but like they didn't go to their undergrad together she went somewhere else um kind of up by it's like Pittsburgh because I there's lots of I love the that part's interesting too. Like her friends that she knows from her undergrad are support are more supportive of her relationship with the choreographer, versus Annie's not. She's not supportive of the relationship. She is well, kind of and there. Well, and I will say there's a lot of layers to that. So the thing is, is this main character, um, who we find out her name is Caroline at the end. Um, yeah, but and his name is Joshua. And his name is Joshua. But so Caroline has this interesting kind of like way that she I think divides her life and she has certain groups of friends that she like mingles with in in certain places or in certain spheres and then she doesn't seem to really mix these like groups together very much and that's one of the big problems with her and Annie is that as she starts as Caroline starts getting into this relationship with Joshua and she starts um, getting closer to him and also by extension spending time with the friends who are more supportive of it um, in New York Mm -hmm. when she goes to visit him you know Annie gets really jealous but she also makes these 
kind of, I mean, I don't want to say that they're good points because I don't think they're points that Annie has any right to make. But this idea, too, though, that um, Caroline, who is bisexual or possibly pansexual, I'm not sure, but she seems to be, she identifies as queer. Um, she's also biracial. She does say, um, I think she does say bi. I think she says she's bisexual because there's that scene where she dates, where she goes on a date with, um, the woman that she meets at the well, coffee shop. Yeah, but but Annie says you're not like she basically takes the fact that Caroline is dating this man as meaning she's not gay right. anymore, and she accuses her yeah. of basically Which, cutting off her entire like access to the queer community and being straight now, and also not no longer hanging out with her queer friends because her friends in New York are straight, and there's this big accusation that she's like basically betraying the queer community by dating a man. And um, this is like a tough, touchy spot for Caroline. And it's something that she, it really hurts her when she says that. But I think it is also interesting too of like the ways that she can't seem to connect these like different parts of her life together because this relationship I do think is a big leap for her and I think that people can look at it as a negative thing but you can also look at it maybe as a positive thing she seems to view it as positive because she believes he's giving her you know access to this side of her that she's never had before and I think that um if she views it as positive then like I'm gonna view it as positive too um but it's interesting to see the way different people react to it and the way that um, how difficult it is to her for her to kind of like accept this new direction that she's kind of taking. And I think that that yeah. gets in also um, is shown with like the way that she feels shame and pleasure at the same time with um, her sexual preferences with him and the type of sex that she enjoys from him. Um she feels like she's a lot of this novel is her grappling with shame of like feeling pleasure from certain things. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, she makes a big point about who she has dated before, which is mostly women. And then she says firm beta males. Mm-hmm. And so she almost feels at first, like she's betraying her own self image. Yeah. Like, like this is who I am. This is, what I believe, you know, so it's not even just, there's that part of it. There's the fact that he's, he's male and he's not like the men that she has dated previously. And like, then also, and then just the, the power dynamic in general with his age, with his, like how established he is. And then his like tax bracket, basically, Mm. like there's all these things that it's like almost goes against who, she wants to be like she you know like there's uh he tries to do something really kind for her and gets her a meeting with a book agent or an agent she's a she's a writer and she's a really I love also how this book talks about writing and mm-hmm. how she writes mm-hmm. like really really connected with that I really liked that um like she gets up at five o'clock every morning right. and writes and she talks about how to more what kind of a writer she is versus what Annie is and talks about them sharing ideas and things being worked on. And, and also um, the, com- you know, the it, competitive atmosphere that the writing world can be. Yeah. Yes. But I loved how she wrote about it too, because it was like, it, I felt like it was not sugarcoating anything. It wasn't like, Oh, she's this. And that she's not a, like, she hasn't sold anything. She's not 
she has published a novel and she sold some of it, but then she ended up having to like buy back. Like it didn't do very well. Um, and she has gotten some submissions in magazines, but like she's not established. Like she's still trying to like well, make this her career because she's yeah. also working another job. And yeah. I think so he does a really nice thing in trying to get her or he gets her a meeting with an agent who likes her book and she is actually really happy with. But then she finds out it's because of him as far as he made the appointment. Like, well, all he did. Well, I see both sides well, of that. So but. like she's upset about it. But I think all he did ultimately is just send the book. Oh, yeah, that's right. He just sent the book. He but sent the book. And yeah, it was you're from right. Him. It's like even better than that. Yeah, like, that's right. I he think did. He like, that's it. Said, I think you, hey, person that I know in the writing world, I think you should read this. And then the person yeah. liked it. And so they, they took it on, you know, because you wouldn't they wouldn't have done it if it's, they hadn't appreciated her work. No. Yeah, it was like really kind. Like, I really liked Jonathan. I really Joshua. liked this character. Like, not to say he's. Per- yeah, Joshua. Sorry. Not to say he's perfect. Neither is she. But I really enjoyed them like they are people that I was like I would like to get to know them and I would be in like I can see the attraction to both of them like I think mm-hmm. they're attractive characters like I think he and so it yeah I agree I like him I liked that um the so I really like didn't know how it's this book was going to end and um I, I still have mixed feelings about the ending as far as, like, whether or not I personally feel like it's a happy ending. I know you do, but, like... Oh, I do. I yeah. go... I kind of go back and forth. I feel a little wishy-washy about it. Um, but I did like that I didn't know really what to expect out of this relationship. And when their sexual dynamics started changing a little bit and um, he was rough with her I will just say like the first time I was kind of nervous like oh shit like where is this gonna go because it can go in like a perfectly fine healthy consensual way right where Mm -hmm. as long as everybody which is what involved is consenting like it's not a problem which is what it did but when it first happened I was like oh fuck like this could go a lot of different ways like that's, yeah, that's what I mean. She totally turns it on its head, I think. I think there's every reason to think this is not going to end well. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, every time. And I, I think that he's written as someone, I think he comes across as a very, like, emotionally available and, like, deeply caring person, but also written in a way that I can see how on the surface there's things that you, that could potentially be read. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, warning. Like, there's things here that could be well, negative you could view it that way but i think really he's a i think a i think that like the good match. he is a good match he is a good man and like clearly he has his own boundaries which is what i appreciated about him like i th- i thought it was really interesting they reached this kind of like head i guess i will say of like their um sexual dynamic where she asks for something that he does not want to do and he does it for her. She asks him to hit her in the face. Mm-hmm. And um, he says he doesn't want to do that, that that's too far and that that's not what this is about. And she asks him to do it anyway. And he hits her and he is very upset about it afterwards. And for a long time, that aspect of their sexual relationship changes and he just can't do it. And I thought that that was such a, like, a vulnerable 
position for him to be in as well because this dynamic is so difficult to like define because when you're not involved Mm -hmm. in it and if you don't feel particular joy from these types of things or pleasure from these types of things it's very difficult to define and to verbalize what it is about it that is pleasurable you know like he I mean for people who like don't get these kinds of dynamics I think it would seem alarming that he gets pleasure from bruising her or marking her and that she gets pleasure from that as well and I'm not I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yums because I get it and I do think that like this is not a bad relationship but I think a lot of people's like alarm bells would ring hearing that of like yes. well why does well, he yeah. want a bruiser why does he want to hurt her i mean and annie annie represents that she yes. does a good she is very very concerned because she'll see bruises on uh caroline yes and despite caroline being up like honest i mean she doesn't go around she doesn't come home and tell like tell everything right. but when asked she speaks honestly yeah and you know, and she is, I think you get such good insight into her and her emotional state. So you kind of know how she's feeling about it. And she's very upfront with like, she does not seem her, her conflict is not over that it's over. Is it okay that I wanted that and asked for it? Right. Like, and what, and you know, and just more of, again, breaking those, like, like her own taboos about herself and like, and more so in the power dynamic. And yeah, so I, I think it was just such an interesting take. And so I really enjoyed reading it, like I did seeing this process that she goes through and this kind of self-reflection and self-growth. And it doesn't necessarily mean she got it right every time or knows how to communicate it the best way. But like, I really admired how she handled that and it I seemed agree. very real. I agree. And I think like it's complicated stuff. So it's difficult for, I think, anybody to kind of like, it's difficult for me to put into words why certain things give me pleasure versus like why they don't. Like it's hard because it's a sensation, right? So it's like it's difficult to apply reason sometimes to sensation and like why something feels good or why something would feel bad and why it gives you pleasure. And like I think Joshua struggles too with it struggling like why he likes this dominant aspect of their relationship because he makes it clear it's not about hurting you. I don't want to hurt you. Like, but there's, he's having it, he has a difficult time explaining with words um, what it is about it that he enjoys or gives him pleasure. And ultimately, I, I don't think he ever really is able to communicate it with words, but I think at the end, he is able to communicate it with his art and with the dance that he yes. he does and the and like this gift kind of that he gives her that initially makes her pretty uncomfortable um which is a whole other thing but like i think it's interesting to see how he kind of tries to explain or i don't want to say justify but just his own exploration of their dynamic with his art form and then compare pairing that to um, Caroline's own same thing, her own exploration of their dynamic and what it means to her and what it, it could mean for well, her. Well, and she she does it. She yeah. writes about it. She writes about She's it. writing, and that's the story that gets submitted and read, and, and he has a hard time with it. Like, there's things that, 
make him uncomfortable. But like, that's why they're such twin flames. Like they both, like, that's how I look at them. Like, I just think they're just such a great love story. Cause I really look at them as like this twin flame for each other. Like they both want to be emotionally available and expressive and they can have deep relationships. Like, I think you learn that. Yeah. And, but it's, there's also these like ways that they're just unable to quite communicate those feelings effectively. And it's like, so they do it through their art. Yeah. I will like say they, though, you know, and I, I did not feel as I was jarred by the ending a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I did enjoy it. But as far no, as tell like, me. I'm, I'm interested like, as what far as how positive it was or not, I kind of I didn't feel initially a feeling of positivity because when she starts mm. watching the dance, um, you know, she she's watching it and then she said she says um, to serve. The words filled my throat, needing to be screamed. That's what our life would be, the purpose behind the breaking. I thought I'd served him all this time, but really he served me. I think that's fine. But then the fact that she continues to think, I won't survive this. I won't get through it. And then she continues watching the dance until she has to leave. And she runs out of the seat. She says, my throat closed. I couldn't breathe. Choked by the blood flowing through my own body. I won't survive this. And then I was out of my seat, up the aisle, and running. Um, and then he comes out, and he asks her, this is where we get the name, and he says, Caroline, he saw me on the ground, the air between us pulsed, rabbit. He knelt in front of me, grabbing my hands, his cheek pressed to my leg, are you okay? And then um, he asks her, what's wrong? And she says, nothing. I said, my throat thick and strange, nothing is wrong at all. And then they kind of go back into into that dynamic and that relationship that had been struggling for a while before this. But I, I will just say, I think the moments where she says, I won't survive this or I won't get through this. Um, I didn't interpret that as a good thing. It's so, yeah. And I did the exact opposite. Yeah. Like it, which I love when we have these differences because that's just fascinating. So like, but yeah, I but totally I mean, interpret it. I interpret it as like, you know, it's like that. I don't know, like that kind of challenge and love and like having to grow with somebody, but like knowing like that's your person, like we've got to figure out life together. Like that's hard. Like that's a really big challenge. And I think when you're like aware of that, like they're both so in their brains about that, I think, or she is like, she's so like aware of what she, who she wants to be, mm -hmm. you know, and, and wanting to like be in control of that and then having her own notion, like, cause it's not just with their sexual relationship that she has, um, like self doubt about, but it's like her role in his life period. Like the fact yeah. that he, you know, was married before to a very wealthy woman who he's still kind of in, in what's the word not entwined with, but like she still is a donor for like his like she's, work. She's like she still, still basically pays him with him. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, her parents don't necessarily think this is great. They're a little off put by it. I mean, they're very, I love the relationship with her family. Um, they, and it seems very real, but like, they're not like, Oh yeah. You know, I mean, she basically loses this relationship with Annie who's been her best friend and so close with her. 
And then she, like she a couple times talks about feeling like the little woman, you know, he, he invites, he has, I love the dinner scene. So there's a dinner where these two wealthy donors, you know, want to have dinner with the choreographer who they're paying basically to make art for them. Um, I love how those characters are written about like just the pretentiousness and like the ignorance of their own pretentiousness. But anyway, he invites her, like wants her to be there like as his partner, that's how he introduces her. And like, she kind of, it's like, you're living here too. Like she kind of takes on this role of being that support for him in that way. And I think that she like, I interpret it as she likes it. She's good at it. She knows it for what it is. Like she's very self-aware of like what they're doing here, but then also feels kind of like, am I allowed to like this role? You know, like mm-hmm. I don't want to be the little woman. And she's very aware of that, especially because he's more established. And like, I think she's just so analytical about her own wants and desires. And then like, that's scary to know, like, that's how it's going to be. Like, he's going to challenge me. I don't know. That's kind of how, but I looked, I guess yeah. I, you know, once I fell in love with the relationship, it's hard to like, like I just saw all of it through rose colored glasses, basically, well, which is I, weird. I've never done that before. I don't think you're wrong though. I think that like, I think there just are a lot of different ways to look at the relationship. And I think like in some ways it's probably yeah. really healthy for her and other ways it's not like, I don't think, I don't know. I, I guess I would just say like, I don't necessarily think she is analytical about what she feels about these roles but I think she's also like very um uh inconsistent with how she feels about these things and I think that's fine that's normal but like there are times when I think she she seems almost like repulsed or disgusted by like how quickly it's going into like a new thing and at the same time she feels so much pleasure from it that she refuses to let anybody Mm -hmm. deny her that but at the same time it's also like do I think her relationship with Annie was particularly healthy no I think in a lot of ways just like she explores in this book where she's talking about um how the story that she writes about the choreographer and the dancer could as as equally be about her and the choreographer as as her and Joshua as it could be about her and Annie because Annie exercises a lot of very similar non-sexual, but like in in their relationship dynamic, very similar controls over Caroline. Like I noticed um, a lot that she, you know, was always kind of telling her what to wear and it was like different than what she would have chosen, you know, and, 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 Mm -hmm. and Caroline leaned into it. Like it was like, she like invited being told kind of what to do a little bit. Um, but I also don't necessarily think that it is good that this important relationship that she had ended because of this. And like, that's just as much Annie's fault as it is anybody else's, you know, but I think that that can be a red flag. I don't know. Like it's, it's it's hard because yeah, you see, look, I disagree. You look, like I see how you think that. I think like losing having to lose relationships with people when you enter into a new relationship isn't something that you want. But it's realistic. Like and it can be because of something that is wrong in that relationship. You know, yeah. like like 
it, it can happen because there is something bad about it. But I think that that in and of itself isn't a red flag. You know what I mean? Like I didn't interpret it that way because I thought her relationship with Annie sucked. Like Annie did all sorts of things like that. Even when she gets her story published. Oh, and she's I don't know. Like, they're hers not, must have been really not good because mine Really was good rejected. because they rejected mine. Yeah, like she yeah. said it enough times that I'm like, if I would have just read the line once, I wouldn't have felt any way about it. But like she says it multiple times and I'm like, yeah, there's something there. And like Annie's family has a lot of money and she's a little bit more cavalier with like, the fact that, you know, Annie has to work very hard to, like, have what she has and try to write. And, like, that's kind of why she's dedicated. And, like, there's just little little things like that that she does. I definitely think – I did not, like, like Annie as a person. Like, I didn't but, think it was a healthy but relationship. I, like, but I think it is a red – but the thing is, is also I think that it can be a red flag if a relationship, yeah, like, I agree. is pulling you away from other people that are important in your life. Well, to, but to that point, I think that normally happens because that person tries to isolate you. And I think it makes, I think there's definitely scenes that show in this novel specifically that he is not trying to isolate her from Annie. Like he, he wants, like he comes to her apartment and sleeps over and like gets up and tries to engage with Annie. Yeah, that's true. And it's written as Annie's kind of the one where she's like not being open. She already has her own preconceived notions of like, the fact that he's a man, the fact that he's older, she's seen, I don't know if this point in the, at that point in the novel, she's seen the bruises. I think that's no, that's later. I think she meets him before they engage in that. But, um, she, she already has this like total, she's totally judged him and treats him that way. And he does try to make it like, so it's not him trying to isolate Annie. Or, I mean, um, Caroline from Annie. It's like, so that's my rebuttal to that one. Well, my, I would say, though, I don't think it's him actively trying to isolate her. If anything, I think it's Caroline isolating herself or Manny. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think that by the time that he stays in Boston and he meets Annie, Caroline has already been doing that. She's already been skipping, like, gone every weekend or, like, she's... So Annie, I think, at that point is already feeling miffed a little bit, I will say. But I think that, um, in a lot of ways, I don't think Caroline wants her friendship with Annie to succeed, and ultimately that's Caroline, not Joshua. So, like, I'm not trying to blame Joshua, but I think that, like, it can be a red flag. So, I don't know. I just... It's like I'm glad that they ended up together because I think that they're good together. But at the same time, I'm like, I kind of wish that there hadn't been so much. um, I don't want to say damage, but like. Turmoil? Turmoil. Or like, I just I can't stop thinking about the lines where she says that she won't survive this and that she's not going to get through it. And. To me, that is a very yeah, negative I think that thing that must, to say. That really sets the tone for you. I feel like you yeah. almost, it's like you read through it and we're kind of on the fence. And then those, like you could go either way, but then that turn of phrase, yeah. for whatever reason, that kind of is now what, that's kind of, it tilted you that one way. And then for me, obviously some things like right from the get-go, I can't really recall what it was yet. I have to think back on it, like tilted me the other way. So then it's like that affected my viewpoint going forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah, it did. Which is interesting. I love how literature can do that. It's just like, you know, I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't well, know how else to verbalize that, but it's just, I think it's really interesting. I think it is too. Um, one thing I will say that I like, I really liked that this book explored is um, how people use art to explore their life or their relig- like relationships and how sometimes oh, yeah. so, much of, this. so much of that exploration can be like mm-hmm. uncomfortable or lost in translation for a while. Like, like I think like the fact, you know, the fact that Caroline is so initially so uncomfortable that he is having a dancer basically be her and emulate her in this dance and what that means for their relationship. And like this, like, kind of pressure almost of being like a muse you know and then also like the the same thing like she's really uncomfortable with him having this dance at first but then he reads her story and he's like t- like upset and very confused about the way that she wrote about their relationship and how some like when they do that, like I don't know when they are they're crafting these performances, whether it be a dance performance, modern dance performance, or this story, um, how it, it can be kind of I don't want to say painful, but like can be difficult for two artistic people in a very different kind of artistic field. Like how much time and care I guess it will take it can take to craft a piece of art that adequately describes how you're feeling or like portrays what you want it to portray and how many moving parts there are and how like different people who view the word the world in like a different way um, can view things like like I think I loved one thing about Joshua too that I really liked about him was that even though he's in when you look at the relationship initially he's at this like pedestal he's on this pedestal kind of of like being this established um well-known person in the art world but he feels inadequate and dumb when he thinks about the way that yeah. she's able to speak or think about things. Because they just think about things, even though they're both artists in a way, they both they just think about things and see the world so differently. He's so physical in everything. And, she, it's yeah, and what she she's so, very much admires that. Yes. She's There's a so lot of talk from her about it. the beauty of him, but not in like a objectifying yes. way. In like a, you know, what, how his body not only looks, but because of what it looks like, what he does, you know what I mean? Like she yes. just admire, cause it's not just his that she talks about, but like the, the other dancers, which we'll have to talk about them in the next episode, yeah. but like the, the movement body, the dance and how it's all things that she doesn't understand. Like she can't even verbalize quite why it makes her feel the way she feels. Mm-hmm. And then he in turn is like, like, I love the scene where he goes to her reading Yeah, and she's not only has done her reading, where she's reading from her own work, but then him being around her other like writer friends and how they all talk and are. And he is like, you can tell not in a bad ego way, but like, he's like, Whoa, like I'm a li- he's a little intimidated of her. Right. Like, like he doesn't say it. And I never, I didn't take it anyway. Maybe you did like in a sarcastic no, or like no, belittling no, 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 or, no. or hurt or way. He's like genuinely is like, I 
basically like, I feel kind of stupid around you guys. Like I can't measure up, like you stay with your friends and you drink and you have a good night and like celebrate, like he's there for her. He celebrated with her and was there, but then it's like, I can't hang. And like, this is your world. I want you to love and be in your world. And he's home when she gets home and is like warm and loving and receptive. And she doesn't take like, there's no, I mean, he's just like, I would say he's so supportive to me of her, of her artistry as she is to his. And I love that about their relationship. There's no, she, I feel like isn't threatened by the fact that he's older and more established. And I don't think he's threatened that she's, you know, kind of a young and at the prime of her career. Like, I think there's things that they could both be like almost jealous of, of the other, but I don't, I didn't take it that way. Like, I feel like they were very supportive of each other's artistry, but very open about how hard it is. I mean, I think that they're supportive of each other's artistry, but at the same time, like there is that level of them not necessarily getting it. Like, like it's, like they're, they're, it's difficult for them to get it because I think that they view the world pretty differently, like in how they like perceive the world, I guess. But also, but I, but I would say though, that like, I think that there is a lot of jealousy in the relationship though, because he's a jealous person. I mean, it's part of, it's part of their dynamic in a way. And in like the dominant, he's not possessive in the sense he doesn't want her to do to not be able to do what she wants to do. He's very supportive in that way. But there is jealousy. Um, He's jealous of um, the other man that she slept with one time. His name's like Ira or something. And um, he's jealous of when she goes out with that girl, but he's also attracted to it and like turned on by it in a way, but also possessive and jealous at the same time. So like... And she, I think, also has a level of insecurity and jealousy, maybe, um, in the way that his ex-wife has, I don't want to say a grip on him, but has a very different dynamic with him. And, like, I do think that that jealousy is there. I don't think it's necessarily super unhealthy amounts of jealousy. I think jealousy is bound to happen in a relationship at one point or another. There's still trust there, but like, I do think the jealousy is there. That's so funny. See, and I, I guess for lack of a better word, call it that, but like, I didn't interpret it like to that level, like that you did. Like we really, it's funny how different we looked at this because I didn't see any of it, I wouldn't have called it jealousy. I thought like the fact, I thought it was more about the idea of like ownership and that has like a negative connotation too, but there's so much throughout this book. I mean, the fact that he, for most of the book, I mean, he never calls her Caroline. We don't know that until the end when he says that, but like Mm -hmm. he calls her, he nicknames her little rabbit. He gives her this nickname like immediately in their relationship. And like, I feel like a name like that, I mean, we call it a nickname, but it's like when you, it's almost like when you give your partner or someone in your life a nickname, a special name that's not their name, that's from you, like that's come organically. And I love his, he calls her little rabbit and she's like, I'm not cute like a bunny. And he's like, yeah, bunnies are cute, but like rabbits are, what does he say? Because I love how he says it. Um, he says, bunnies are cute. Rabbits are small and wild and determined to survive. Yeah. And like, I love his explanation for why. And then that's kind of what she is. And like, that's a way of establishing ownership 
and like claiming someone, Mm -hmm. I guess. And so I took those interactions where I do see how it is, it rep like it looks like jealousy, Mm -hmm. but to me, I interpreted it of not so much a jealousy in the way that we normally talk about it. It was more of like an ownership of like, I want to continue to establish that like, I'm the, you know what I mean? Like you're mine, I'm yours. Like, and especially when relationships are starting, it's like that has to be figured out, right? Like how, how that dynamic works and like what you are to each other. And so I think that there's a, a constant testing of like each other's boundaries. Like, you know, I want, you know, I want you to have whatever you want. I don't want to hold you back. What can I like hand? I don't know. Like I just interpreted it as more of a, like they both were like really just testing, not testing each other, but like really just trying to figure out how to make this work with like, they want to belong to each other, but they didn't want to lose themselves. Does that make sense? Like, and that's a, it's, I think it can be a risky or, or something to be anxious about sometimes in getting in relationships is like, what will I give up of myself? Yeah. Like what, you know what I mean? Like having to give up things I think is what can happen in relationships or how you look at it. And it's just that idea of like, will I lose myself? Who am I? Like, cause you're kind of reinventing yourself. And I think I looked at it more like that's something that they were both very aware of and wanted for the other person, which is part of what I interpreted in such a positive light of like, they didn't want to infringe upon the other person and their own identity at all. And I thought that was a really, I really enjoyed like, that dynamic in their relationship and found it very like, like aspirational of like, cause that's what mm-hmm. I want for my partner mm-hmm. is that they can be exactly who they are. And like, you know, just, and me, I am supportive of who they want to be. And they're, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want you to, to be you exactly who you are, like the best you. And I want me to be the best me and you help me be the best me. And I think that that's what I got out of their relationship. Not that they did it perfectly, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just completely romanticizing them. It's just so weird. I've never had this reaction to like a love story in a book. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you, like you, you guys really like like the Emma and Pride and Prejudice and all those (laughs) relationship, right? Like, like yeah, I feel like that's something that like you and your sisters and your mom really are into. Yeah, is those like like that it's romantic, and I don't really get the same like like yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't mean, know. for but me, but this like this dynamic, I really enjoyed. For me, I think that I also kind of just have though an aversion to um, like ownership, like like mm-hmm. like this. I I don't know. I guess it can be a good. thing. No, I it totally can, get it. it I can see exactly what thing. you're saying. Like like I guess I would just yeah. say like I'm not confident that either of them are being their best versions of themselves with each other. Maybe they are, but maybe they're not because I don't know her outside of this relationship with him. So like be, because we don't we don't know her until she, like we don't have this time before they were together really. We have like small references to her friendships and stuff before and like past hookups and like what she was like maybe at the residency but these are like small glimpses so to me like it's what I am struggling with is like with her is this jump from the completely differently 
seemingly different life that she was kind of leading until she entered this relationship with him. And maybe she was really, really unhappy before this relationship. But my question is just, like, why the leap? Where the leap? What happened? Like, and is it a good thing? I don't know if I feel that it is or isn't, like, because I don't know what changed. But something changed because a lot of her relationships changed. And her parents are very confused by it. And maybe, but again, like, it could be that she was in really unhealthy situations before. And this is, like, a version of healthy for her. But um, I, I guess I just would say that, like, I'm not convinced kind of either way that they're good for each other. But I really enjoyed reading about it. And I really enjoyed thinking oh, yeah. about it. Like, because it's, yes. because again, it's like. Yeah, either way. Either way, I really loved it. It's just, it's really interesting to read. Like, and it, obviously we have such different, I mean, I, I think it's just, it was so, di- I just really enjoyed reading their dynamic. And I thought I it was too. really interesting. And even though there's not, it's not like this, you know, fast paced thriller. There's not a lot to the plot, really. There's not, I mean, there's little, there's enough but it's so realistic. Like it's not overdone. Like nothing that happens. I was like, Oh, that would never happen. Like it all seemed very real to me. And I liked the details about, I really enjoyed reading about the process of them as artists. Like I thought that was really interesting and it, but it never slowed down the plot. It wasn't too much. It was like the perfect amount. Like you didn't have to be some lover of modern dance to enjoy reading it or want to be a writer. I mean, I would love to, like, I kind of wanted right. her life a little bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, you know, not really, but you know what I mean? Yes. Like, that was an appealing life. Like, the lives they're leading are appealing, you know? And right. then they have a house in the Berkshires and, like, that. I mean, just, it's all so pretty. I can't wait for you to we'll come We'll have to here. talk about that. I, I can't. Th- I'm so excited. The next time so we're going to have to talk I all about this wedding next time. <laughs> so, you guys, like, I don't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast we have, or not. For sure. But when you first moved and the amount of times you talked about ticks and like I feel like you've done a lot of growth since then because you guys went camping like you've now you're like okay I live here I now know how to live with this but when you first were out there and it was new it was like I can't go hiking Audra because there are ticks like I do not want it like oh and I'm like is this really I was going that big of a deal when we first moved here I was so anxious about it I was doing tick checks after going to the grocery store after walking on grass I was doing tick checks I mean it's hilarious and so I thought it was a little ridiculous that that was like that big of a thing. I'm like, okay, Sadie. I mean, I thought it was ridiculous in the most loving of ways, yes, but of I'm course. like, come well, on. I mean, so I, then when to they be fair, talk I was in being the book, ridiculous, but yeah. Which also, how do they make a checking for tick scene sexy? But like, there's oh, like yeah. all this talk about ticks. I know all this talk. It's not like, but there are these scenes, and I think it was the first scene where it's like those people are over to the house, though they're dancers and she wants to go on a hike and he mentioned something about I'll get the tick repellent. I don't know. Yeah. And there's a, like, I laughed every time the idea of ticks was mentioned because I'm like, Oh my God, it's really real. Sadie's like, not just crazy. Ticks are really real. <laughs> no. <laughs> was, well, I know they're real, but you know what I mean? Like it was just so funny. So that was also something I really liked at this book is I felt like kind of this fun connection of it from you yeah. Living out there in this area and talking about it and talking about it fondly, and then we're going to do this trip in October, and I'm excited to go out there. Yeah, because this house, I kept picturing the house that we're going to stay at. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
as his house, although maybe a little nicer. But anyway, so it was that was fun. There's so much to talk about this book, but we should probably we'll save, wrap up we'll this save, hour. My phone is like dying. We'll save the rest of the. There's still so much to talk about, but especially so much. I mean, we need to talk about her, the relationship with Jackie, the dancer, yes, and and the setting. All the other because well, yeah, I think the setting is important. So much to talk well. about. So yeah, well, super important. Yeah, great. So so if you haven't. <laughs> Go go pick up the book, get through it so that you can listen to the next episode too. Which I, um, I think and then Sadie, people should be extra eager to read this book because you and I had such vastly different opinions on what it meant, kind of. And I think that... Yeah, I think that's really interesting. So I, I really hope that our listeners do pick up this book because I actually really want to hear what other people thought about it because of how different our takes were. Because now I'm like, is my take just like... Totally off. Like, am I the only Can person? You get, would Brian read it? Feeling? Would Brian read it? No. Which we can talk. Really? Which we, Brian would not read this book. No. No. Okay. Kendrick won't read it either, so it's fine. We're in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, they don't read our books. They don't listen to our podcast. It's fine. <laughs> uh, um, yes, but you guys should. Go pick up the book. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, and then remind everybody of what our next book would be, or it's going to be, please. Yes. So our next book is Ancestor Trouble, A Reckoning and a Reconciliation by Maud Newton. And it's a new release. Um, I think it came out at the end of March or something. And it's a memoir. So go ahead and go pick that up. We will be reading that and discussing that um, in our next, um, as our next book. So in about two episodes, we should be ready to discuss that. Yes. Um, so I'm excited to talk about this more in our next episode. I hope you Me guys um, have enjoyed the book. We'll enjoy the book. Thanks for listening. And again, congratulations to Sharbar Cigar for winning our giveaway. We will reach out to you yes. about getting that to you. So thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.